0: Have, if you have your Bibles, we are going to be reading a couple of verses, a familiar story out of 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1-2. through 2. It says this, Elisha replied, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About, the, about this time tomorrow, a sea of the finest flour will sell for a shekel, and two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning, say leaning, said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elisha, but you will not eat any of it. The title of my message today is this, Unrealistic Expectations unrealistic expectations a few weeks ago my 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 three daughters presented to me a christmas list like most kids do and it's cute until you realize you're the man of the big red suit so now i got to figure out how i'm going to make all this happen but in the moment i was like oh so so cute and and i i even began to think about my very first christmas list i must have been about seven because I, i i know i i wrote it out myself and, um, and I remember going, going to the kitchen, I was so excited. I grabbed this pen, I grabbed a piece of paper, and, and I started writing down everything I wanted Santa to deliver. At the top of my list, it was like a Super Nintendo. I wanted the new Will Smith CD. I mean, there's a lot, I wanted a jersey. I, I wrote down all of these incredible things. I was so excited. And because I didn't have a chimney in my house, I figured I gotta put the list outside somewhere. So I go out to the front door, and by the window, I tape my list on the window, and I was just a, a happy seven-year-old. Every day when I'd go to school, I'd look at my list smiling. I'd come back home smile. I was so excited. Finally, it was Christmas. I, actually, I'm Mexican. It was Christmas Eve. That's when we celebrate Christmas. I'm, I've never understood why. I don't know. But it's Christmas Eve, and I cannot wait to open up the gift Santa delivered. I'm opening up these gifts, I'm so excited, but there's a problem. I only see one more gift under the tree and I still have like six or seven gifts on my list. I wasn't complaining because I was grateful for what I had, but I left that Christmas scratching my head, wondering why Santa didn't deliver all of my gifts. A year goes by and it's almost Christmas time again. There goes Andrew to the kitchen. I'm writing my list. I'm so excited this year, it was even bigger than the year before. I grab the tape and I tape it on the window. I'm looking at my list every single day. It's finally Christmas Eve. I got my list with me. No one can see it, but I'm counting gifts, making sure everything is there. And sure enough, not everything on my list was was under the tree. I left that Christmas Eve scratching my head. The next year goes by, same story. I'm getting ready to go tape my list on the window. But as I'm getting ready to go, I start to remember the previous Christmases. So I look at my list and I look at the tape and I go back inside. I take my list and I start crossing things out. I start making a more realistic list. You know, it's interesting how yesterday's disappointments have a way of influencing today's expectations. How disappointments in life have a way of creating a realistic person. Elisha is declaring the word of the Lord. By this time tomorrow, everything is gonna change. It's huge. But Elisha is talking to a bunch of people that have experienced some really bad Christmases. The famine in this day was so severe. Like, just so you get the picture of how bad this moment was. Elisha's trying to say it's gonna change, but people can't help. But to remember what it was like the year before, it wasn't just a famine. The Bible calls it a severe famine. Like a severe, it's not, like a famine would be bad, but this one was severe. They're selling donkey heads for so much money for people just to eat. It got so bad, people had to pick what kid in the family are we gonna eat to survive? Some of y'all know which kid you would already pick. But this is how severe the famine was. These people that Elisha was talking to were hearing this word. And if you and I were there, it probably would have went in one ear and right out the other. Elisha was not a realistic person. He was not a realistic person. But in that group, there was like this one man there was this one man, and the Bible says this was the man that the king was leaning on. And this man, for lack of a better word, said, Elisha, let's just be realistic. Like, Elisha, that sounds good, that by this time tomorrow, everything's going to change. It sounds good, like God's really going to heal my body. It sounds good, like my family's really going to be restored. It sounds good, but Elisha... Just be realistic. Just be realistic. You know what I believe God's greatest concern for you and I are? I believe his greatest concern is that going into this year, we would be realistic. I think God's greatest concern for you is not your past, it's that you would be realistic about your future. Because realistic people will experience realistic things. And there is nothing realistic about God. And this is why God would be so concerned that you would be realistic. Elisha understood this. There is nothing realistic about God. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, we get a tiny glimpse of this. It says now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think like God can do way more than you can ask or think Elisha understood this he understood this he understood this but I think one of the one of the at least for me, one of my issues is like, I, I kind of understand that. I, I, if I, you know, I, I, I kind of believe that God can do it. I'm sure for you, when you look at things that you're believing to change, things that you're hoping for, like there's something in you that kind of knows God can do it. But I've learned something in my life. Just because you know God can do it doesn't mean he's going to do it for you. Just because you know God can do it doesn't mean you're going to experience it. I know what you're thinking because I've grown up in this culture too. Well, if God really wants to do it, he's just going to make it happen. If God really wants to do that, he'll figure out a way to do it with or without me. But that's not always the case because there was a man in this story that did not experience what everybody else experienced. God was ready for everybody to experience an incredible day. He was talking to the same group of people. But there was one man in that conversation that did not get to taste what Elisha had declared. In 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 19 and 20, it says the king's officer had replied, that couldn't even happen if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. And the man of God had said, you'll see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. And so it was, for the people trampled him to death at the gate. This freaks me out. That God could actually desire to do something in my life and me not actually experience it. That God could actually turn situations around in my life and me not actually be able to experience it. Could it be that God has something up his sleeve for you this year? Like this year. And I know when I say it, last year wants to creep in, but could it be that God has something up his sleeve for you this year? I don't know about you, but I don't wanna miss it. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be the man that missed it, that didn't have to miss it. I wanna experience what God has for me. Like I do, I really do. So what do we do? what do we do to not be the man that was trampled what can I do in my life to to just help me not be the one that misses out because I'm telling you not everybody's experiencing God as God's best it's just the reality of it and it's not because he can't it's because we don't position ourselves to allow him to do it in our lives so Andrew what is it that I need to pay attention to this year to help me not miss out on what God is wanting to do. It's really, really simple. You have to pay attention to what you're leaning on. You have to pay attention to what you're leaning on. If you don't wanna miss out on God's plan for your life, you're gonna have to pay attention to what you're leaning on. In this story, There were two voices. You have Elisha saying everything's going to change. Who is he? He's the unrealistic. Then you have this man, this officer, who's saying it's impossible. Who is he? He's the realistic. You're going to have in your life the voice of the unrealistic and the voice of the realistic. And which one you lean on is the one you will experience. Elisha wasn't declaring his own word. Elisha was declaring God's word. Can I tell you something about God's word, a.k.a. your Bible? It's really, really unrealistic. There is nothing realistic about that book. There is nothing realistic about a virgin carrying the Messiah in her belly. There is nothing realistic about God parting a sea and people walking through it. There is nothing realistic about Jesus taking a couple loaves and fish and multiplying it and having baths. There's nothing realistic about it. This year, you're going to have to pay attention to what you're leading on, the unrealistic or the realistic. And let me tell you, You don't have to look hard to find realistic voices. They're everywhere. You don't have to search for for realistic voices. They're all over the place. But if you want to experience what God has for you, you're gonna have to lean on the unrealistic voices. The Word of God. You know, for me, the Bible always was just something that kind of held my door open <laughs> it, or, or just, just like a, it's just there. Dust just settled on it. My whole, I had a Bible, my whole life I had a Bible. Different Bibles, they were just in my room. Never opened it. I didn't understand it. And I think sometimes we overthink the Bible. The Bible is just a book full of unrealistic people that experience realistic situations but got unrealistic results. The Bible is so practical and God is wanting you to not go get advice from realistic people. I know it makes sense, but I need you sometimes to go pay attention to what the unrealistic are saying. One of my most favorite stories in the Bible one of my most favorite stories in the Bible was this story about three boys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three unrealistic guys. Very un- These guys were very unrealistic. And in those days, Like in our culture today, you can be realistic and be the number one Christian in the world. In those days, if you were unrealistic, you were done. You were done. You couldn't hide behind it. You were done. There is this king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, and he had this huge statue built, this gold statue, 90 feet tall. And he put this law in place that said when music starts to play, everybody needs to bow down and worship this gold image. Well, everybody bowed down and worshiped except these three unrealistic boys. The king was really, really mad. You see, if you didn't bow down, you would be thrown into a furnace of fire. This is crazy. Realistic people, tell me where to bow. Unrealistic people, we're not bowing. The Bible says that the king's strongest men tied these men up and they threw them into the flames. The flames were so hot that the strong men that threw them in died instantly by the heat of the flames. The three boys fell into the fire, and the king from a distance began to look. As he's looking into this fire, he looks a little baffled. He looks to his buddies and he says, guys, how many boys did we throw in, those, in that fire? His buddies are like, king, we threw in three. The king says, you're wrong. I see four men loose walking around, and one of them looks like the Son of God. The Bible says the king has them come out. They come out of the fire. They're just smiling. They're not burned. They have no trace of it. And the Bible says this, they didn't even smell like smoke. Can I tell you something? Smoke sticks. Yesterday, my wife... I try not to like make high demands when it comes to the kitchen. I said, grab the bag of popcorn and just click the popcorn button. That was it. That was it. Press popcorn. I'm watching TV. All of a sudden I hear an alarm saying fire, fire, fire. I'm thinking this, there's no way. Out of the, it, if y'all were here from Christmas, we have these smoke machines. That's what it looked like coming out of the microwave. We can't breathe. My my kids are out just sticking their head out the windows. But smoke sticks. I woke up this morning smelling smoke. These three boys come out of the fire that killed other people, and they didn't even smell like smoke. Why do I share that story with you? Because it's an unrealistic one. And there's going to be days in your life where you need some unrealistic results. There's been some days in my life with me and my wife where we have faced some things that were difficult. We have faced some situations that I know we're going through. They are real. And realistic people are telling you it's done. And in that moment when you have the temptation to lean on the realistic, if you don't have an unrealistic story in your back pocket, You might miss out. I remember one moment in an elevator with my wife, wanting to be so realistic because the situation was painful. And with tears coming down my eyes in that elevator, all I can think about was those three boys. And I looked at my wife and I said, even if we go in there, we will come out and we will not smell like smoke. You have to lean on the unrealistic if you want to experience unrealistic things. This year, God has some things for you. You could be realistic about it or you can be unrealistic about it. Being unrealistic is not popular. Being unrealistic is not the it's not gonna look the greatest on your application when you put it into a job that you have no business applying for, but when God gives you a word, everything can change. I want to invite you to stand to your feet in this place. My desire today was just to stir up some faith in you. Just hopefully to give someone a little bit of faith to believe that god is able that god still can that regardless of my past god can turn situations around today i want to pray for you in this moment the band's going to sing they'll go through something real short we're not done yet but i do want to pray for the people in this room and for those online we're stepping into a new year this is awesome. I think for us, you know, it is just the flip of a calendar, but for for most of us, it's kind of like this reset that takes place, almost like this fresh start. And if that's what you need to get started, more power to you. But I want to pray that this year would be an awesome year. This, This year would be a year marked with miracles, that this would be a year marked with good stories, that you'll go into 2024 talking about the great things that God did for you the previous year. Let's pray. God, today, I just pray for every person in this room. God, you know who's here, you know who is online. And God, we just say, first and foremost, thank you for life today. Thank you for an opportunity today. Thank you for purpose today. God, you see the pain, you see the hurt, you see the confusion. But I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come in and give peace that surpasses all understanding. That you would give people uh, just just a fresh wind of your presence to step into this this new year. That people would walk with a greater confidence. That even now, fear would detach itself from the people of God. That people would dream again. That people would believe again. That people would expect again. That people would expect again. There's some of you that tried it the first time. It didn't work. God's saying, go do it again. You put in the application. It didn't go through. God said, go do it again. You try to have a baby. It didn't happen. God said, go do it again. You try to work on that relationship. It didn't work. God said, go do it again. God, I just pray. I just pray right now, God. That as we take the steps you are leading us to take. That they will be fruitful steps. Steps of promise. Steps of promise. God, we believe today that our best is absolutely ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we worship God just for two more minutes? Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.